It's time for Monday Night Sports Talk on News Talk 1400 WDWS Champaign-Urbana. Featuring the News Gazette media sports writers, Matt Daniels, Bob Osmussen, and Scott Ritchie. Delivering the latest insights on the Illini and more. Join the program by calling 217-356-9397 or send a text to the Castle Heating and Cooling text line 217-351-5357. Now, here are the News Gazette media sports writers and your host, Steve Kelly. How you doing, everybody? And welcome to Monday Night Sports Talk here on DWS. Sunny skies, 80 degrees at 510 with you until shortly before six o'clock this evening little league baseball is on the air pregame show on that begins about 555 so you've got uh, three of the four regulars on the monday night sports talk matt daniels the sports editor of the news gazette is here bob osmussen is here scott ritchie some much deserved time off huh yeah no uh he he pretty much writes every Illinois sport under the sun along with Bob as well so uh he's uh he's taking some time off before Bob will take some some well-deserved hard-earned time off the later this summer Bob thanks, thanks you, for the union you're gonna go watch uh, some uh, college baseball at the World Series I am you? I'm going uh, Saturday's opener so you can't stay away from sports even when you're on vacation no I always like to go to the sporting events where I've whenever I go anywhere but there's no Braves get Braves game in this trip but we are going to College World Series for one game. Well, you get to see uh, perhaps a Big Ten team in action there. Obviously, if you're watching the College World Series, you'll see Michigan for as long as they last. And uh, a little bit of a surprise. Really impressive how they played not only in the whole tournament, but at UCLA particularly because they had to come back, win a game after losing a really tough game Saturday night. Game went 12 innings, I think. They blew the game, lost, uh, outfield dropped the last out in that inning. So they had to come back and play the next day, and they won pretty handily. So good for them to win in advance. First big, first time for them since '84. Unreal. First time for a Big Ten team since uh, Indiana in, in 2013. And, right. Uh, you know, it, I know you wrote about it a few weeks ago when you talked to Dan Hartlett, the Illinois baseball coach. But he felt at the time when the selections came out for the NCAA tournament that if Michigan hadn't beaten Illinois, right. In the Big Ten tournament, the way they did four to three in that elimination game on on Thursday morning, uh, about three weeks ago in, in Omaha, they may not have made the NCAA tournament at all. And right. and here they are uh, going back to uh, to TD Ameritrade Park to vie for a national title. And I would say once you get there, literally any team can win. Now, looks like to me Vanderbilt is a huge favorite because they've got this pitcher that's out of this world, 19 Ks, no hitter, freshman. Okay. He's going to be the first pick in the draft. So, with 2021, be the first pick in the draft. Great play, great player, great pitcher. So, we'll see what happens there. You're predicting that already. <laughs> I am. If you saw the game, you were I like, saw the, the, why I is saw he not in the, the game. Why is he not in the majors? Well, what is the question? Because he's a freshman. <laughs> and you can't be he, in the majors. Not like, like a freshman I've seen. So, yeah. he's he's ready, he's going to be ready to go in three years. And a great story about him is his mom and family said, you're going to school. And you go to Vanderbilt. It was like, okay, mom. And he basically said, okay. She's always right, so I'll follow what she said. So that's kind of cool. So he threw a no hitter and struck out 19. He was unreal, Un- unhittable, 
and literally they could have gone up there with what newspapers wouldn't it matter we'll, we'll have a story later this week in, in the news gazette on uh urbana soon to be sophomore uh who struck out 21 in a uh american legion baseball game last awesome. week got all of his outs via strikeouts That's only gave up one hit way to do it yeah Excellent. Phone line is open, 356-9397. We'll talk some Illinois football, some Illinois basketball, the uh, playoffs in professional sports, the uh, Stanley Cup finals, and the NBA finals, whatever else might be on your mind. Some breaking news, though, coming from <laughs> uh, the IHSA. Yeah, exactly. Uh, about 15 minutes ago, uh, they had a, the regular uh, board of directors meeting today over in, uh, over in Bloomington. This concerns high school basketball. Across the state, uh, they're going to a new format for the uh, the basketball uh, state tournament. Uh, previously, it's been held uh, ever since they went to uh, ever since they've had a class system in place. It's always been on four separate weekends. Uh, the last eleven years, under the four class system, it's been one A and two A girls basketball over at Redbird Arena one week, and then the following weekend, three A four A girls basketball again back at Redbird. And then since uh, 1996, it's been in Peoria for boys basketball with uh, 1A, 2A, uh, one weekend, and then 3A, 4A the following weekend. Well, now they're they're condensing that down to just two weekends total. They're going to have the girls basketball state tournament uh, one weekend, Thursday through Saturday. Okay. And then the the boys basketball state tournament the following weekend, Thursday through Saturday. That's going to go into effect uh, starting in 2021, uh, run through... 2023 uh, and that, that idea has been bandied about here these last couple of years by the HSA and goes into effect now and uh, it also comes at the time where the board is, is seeking requests for proposals to host Ooh, the, the state tournament I got that one Champaign-Urbana <laughs> better host the basketball boys basketball well girls would be great too they yeah. should get both but they definitely should get the boys yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, the, the boys uh, have been at uh, Carver Arena in downtown Peoria since 1996. The girls have been at Redbird Arena in Normal since right. 1992 after previously being here uh, at the University of Illinois. So uh, we'll see what uh, the movers and shakers in town decide to do in regards to that. As I mentioned, the phone line open, 356-9397. Let's go to the phones. And uh, Carl, what do you say, Carl? Hi there. I was trying to think today, uh, Georgie speaks French, right? I think he speaks like nine now. Speaks languages. Up four languages. Four. I think. He's got four. Okay, I just wanted to make sure the guy from Belgium had somebody to talk to. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a good point, Carl. Uh, not even going to try to pronounce the the newest Illini men's basketball player who committed uh, Saturday afternoon, much to the surprise of pretty much everyone. Benjamin Bosman's Verdunk. No relation to me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Well, I, I guess I would guess Georgia will try to talk to everybody on the team. Yes, he's just that's him. So, but that's you're right. That, I think he's got friends in his. Oh, uh, when when we had him on at the Esquire back in uh, what was that? Late March, early April. When he speaks Georgian. Georgian. He Russian, speaks German. 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 That's German. right. That's where they speak in Austria. Mm-hmm. Well, Rush. he was there, lived there. He right? speaks Russian, Russian and English. In English, so and he uh, said English was the worst of his four. Yeah, so I'm not sure if his French is in the lineup good. yet, but it might be by then. Yeah. If you could speak okay. three, uh, couldn't you add a fourth? Yeah, please? why not? <laughs> exactly. We. Oui. How hard is oui. that? <laughs> Good job, Bob. Thanks. That's all the little word I can do. What else you got, Carl? Well, I was just wondering what you knew about this guy anyway. Not a whole lot. I'm not sure anybody. Uh, much like a lot of people didn't know much about Georgie Bissonnerfield exactly. this time of year last year. So it's hard to predict what you might uh, get from him, but he's uh, he's a 6'7 
uh, youngster. I looked at his, uh, some of his tape, but the thing when you look at those videos. They're designed to make the player look really good. The player never misses a shot <laughs> in, in right. the video. I'm kind of worried <laughs> how that happens. And, but uh, what, I, what I tend to look at is the defense. Mm-hmm. And there wasn't much defense going on. And who, on either side, right? Yeah. Yeah. Who was, who, the team he was playing during these clips, uh, they weren't playing much defense. He was clearly bigger at 6'7 than anybody else. But uh, going to be a European flavor on this team, that's for sure. Yeah. It, it, I, Steve, yeah. you and Bob have you know, been covering Illinois basketball for quite some time. I can't think of a, a roster going into a season that has this much international right. flavor. Right. Yeah. You know, with, with Georgie, the, the new six. player. This, be six. Yeah, too. exactly. Almost half of the well, half the scholarship. Oh, let's see. You had, Arch- you had Archibald and... Uh, mm-hmm. Kripalia. What's his? Kripalia, yeah. yeah. Right. Demir. Kripalia. Mm-hmm. Right. At, at the same time. So. But there's a lot so, for one team. Yeah. I think it shows you that Brad Underwood... Well, do whatever it takes. He doesn't care. The guys from moon, the moon will come bring him back to Illinois. So I think it's a good, good Well, it sign. works for Gonzaga. So That's true. Yeah, absolutely. I think okay. there are great, there's great basketball being played everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, all right, Carl. Well, thanks, thanks for the call. Lot. Yeah, appreciate it. Thanks, thanks Carl. Bye. Good to hear from you. 356-9397 yeah, is you. the number. 518 is the time. On Monday Night Sports Talk, we talked a little bit about the IHSA. And, you know, the university has been uh, talking for months now about uh, putting together a bid. So. Yeah, exactly. It'll be interesting to see, uh, you know, what will go into that bid. And uh, it's an interesting dynamic, too, because the, the state tournament in Peoria, I'd say for maybe the first 10 to 15 years it was over there, it really kind of, you know, brought back uh, and attendance was going well. It was right. kind of the talk of the town there. and. You know, I've been I've covered I think five or six state tournaments here in the last decade, and each time I go, depending on what schools are there and everything too, the attendance really has kind of bottomed out. Uh, Carver Arena seats about eleven thousand or so, and on a good day, it's maybe half full. Right. Uh, so the the problem that the IHSA basketball state tournament has run into throughout the years is that it's it's tended to lose the casual basketball fan that would just Correct. go to a game that didn't have an allegiance to a school or anything that just wanted to come out and. And watch basketball, and you saw that for years here in Champaign. That would be a staple. Just people would plan, you know, I'm just going to go to the state tournament just to watch mm-hmm. some some quality high school basketball and some of the best talent in, in the country, some of the young talent. And, um, you know, whether that's the four-class system, whether it's just kind of lost its appeal in Peoria, uh, not real sure, but it's, it could use a jolt uh, of energy. And right. maybe that is at, at State Farm Center, although the – you know, attendance at State Farm Center is significantly bigger than what is at Peoria. Yeah, uh, well, it's 16, right? Almost 16,000, 15,544. So if you don't have a team, you don't have like a Derek Rose or somebody like that mm-hmm. in there, it's going to be hard to do all the casual fan. <coughs> but a couple of things that Champion Urbana can do easily, of course, is please tell your hotels, motels, mm-hmm. we're not going to charge our arm or leg for these things. In fact, we should set a cap that's really low. And so you can't charge more than X, Y, Z, whatever that number is. Make it fair to businesses. And that will help Champaign-Urbana. If you make a promise, we're not going to gouge people. I promise Champaign-Urbana will get, will get the thing back. And it should be here. Crazy it's not here. Yeah. No, it, it's, it's uh, you know, as a, as a kid growing up in the state of Illinois who was fortunate enough to play high school basketball in the state, you know, you, you grew up shooting baskets on your driveway or at practices kind of thinking of, going to you know champagne and he's playing at the assembly hall and, right. and playing in the 
the building that looked like a spaceship when you were a kid and um, it still does look like that and obviously it's gotten a lot of upgrades especially in the last five years and We'll see if that uh, you know pays off. I'm, I'm sure Josh Whitman is going to have some say. Yeah, he should be first in line supporting this, and obviously Brad Underwood. Well, no, I think Josh Whitman definitely would they as well. Uh, you know, his roots being an Indiana kid, growing up playing high school basketball. Right. He's talked often in the past of how he played high school basketball in the final season of the one class state tournament over in Indiana before it went to four classes. So I'm sure he'll be behind this effort along with Jane Deleuze from Visit Champaign County and and other key stakeholders in the community to to try to get this back to Champaign. Monday Night Sports Talk at 522. If you'd like to join us, 356-9397. We'll talk some Illinois football, some more basketball, whatever else might be on your mind in just a moment. Stay with us. We'll take our first time out and be back with more here on DWS after this. Welcome back to Monday Night Sports Talk. This is Steve Kelly with sports editor Matt Daniels, Bob Osmussen, here as well. Scott Ritchie has the night off. He might be uh, sitting back with a cold beverage listening. I don't know. He no, might be. No chance he's listening to Scott. <laughs> <laughs> Literally no chance. So you mean show. when you're not here the next two Mondays, Bob, I you're not going to be listening? I actually listen to the Good. show. I do. While it's, it's going on? Now that now that we have the availability, mm-hmm. you know, easy to listen yeah. to. Oh, yeah. WDWX.com. And one of the worst things ever is Bob got a smartphone like five years ago and never is, is it bad no it's fine it's i just remember bad. going on road trips with you and you just you took advantage of surrey quite a bit correct does, does bob and smartphone in the same sentence it actually ring true it, or not? It, yeah it, it, he he works it out well in, in my experiences and it's been a few years since we went on any any football road trips but right. uh, a lot of late nights driving through the midwest and and he'd be uh looking up scores from correct. top 25 football games saying, asking asking into his phone how the scores went right. so he didn't mess up too bad i just focused on keeping us on the road and and Driving through, the, driving through the deer if we saw any. I get so. attached to my phone. Which we didn't. No, don't worry. We never saw any deer. I'm really attached to my phone. Once I get it, I'll love it. So I didn't never <laughs> want to replace it. So I pray it doesn't break or like me <laughs> dropping it over. But Julie's always saying, you need a new phone. And I was like, well, no, I don't. That's fine. Because your, your phone is about the size of the TV it's that's big. in here. I do the, like the it. The 20-inch <laughs> TV that's in here in the studio. I he name it. Carries it around on his shoulder <laughs> like a boom box. It's like a pet for me. <laughs> Coming out of that break on the uh, promo there for Inside Line Line Basketball, you heard the voice of Jim Rosso, who was in Las Vegas mm-hmm. recently and wanted to know the odds of Illinois winning the NCAA basketball championship. And sure enough, you could find that information out. Yeah, what was it, 50 to 1? He odd? learned it was 50 to 1, and that was the, the fifth highest odds, lowest, however you want to yeah. look at it, among Big Ten teams. Yeah. Amazing. No, I know. And, and Bob wrote about it, what, a month and a half ago or so, just how you were optimistic about this Illinois basketball season going in. And it seems a lot of people are are catching on to that, that buzz that has you know, been percolating ever since, really, I would assume who decided he was right. coming back for a sophomore season. I, th- I think they showed signs last year. I think the Michigan State game, more than in, any other, showed you when they play well. That's a Final Four team. Mm-hmm. They beat I don't care where the, where the game was or how Michigan State played. Illinois played well. It showed you that sign of life, basically. And I think they've got a chance to be a lot better this year. I would still play a schedule that is not crazy hard. I think that would be important for them. I think they need to play a moderate schedule, not a great, awesome schedule. Yeah, the, the whole schedule's not out yet, and it probably won't be for another six to eight weeks. I'd assume they, they usually 
tend to release it in its entirety in anywhere from early to mid-August uh, at some point. Not, we know a couple of We know games. a couple of non-conference games. Obviously, right. the Missouri game uh, in St. Louis, the annual bragging rights game, and they're playing at Arizona. Uh, also supposed to play at Grand Canyon, I think, when they go out to Arizona as well. And um, you got Miami coming to Champaign on right. December 2nd for the, the ACC Big Ten Challenge. I know John Rothstein from CBS Sports uh, reported that old, they're going to play Old Dominion uh, during the season as well. And uh, I think that might be all the non-conference so games. So far, that we that's know. not too hard. So I think no. that schedule is perfect. Don't need Duke. Don't need. Well, these teams I think what schedule. really, uh, you know, you could look at it both ways uh, based on last year's team, just because there were so many newcomers and the chance to to get away uh, like they did and going to Maui and being there for an extended time and you know the team chemistry and the rapport that you right. build going on a trip like that. But then again. They played three really good teams in Gonzaga, all, right. Iowa State, and Xavier, and lost all three games. And I'm not saying they would have made the NCAA tournament if they would have wouldn't have gone to Maui and suffered those losses. But you might have seen a team that um, I don't know if their confidence got taken away because they showed they could play with those yeah. teams. But a loss is still a loss at right. the end of the day, and uh, they didn't have those games in the non-conference schedule that really could set them up for success. Uh, later on in the Big Ten season. Speaking of team unity and all that kind of stuff, they have a chance to uh, work on that in August, going to Italy for an undetermined amount of games. We think it's four, maybe five games that they'll play there, and they'll get, I think, ten additional practice dates for that. Yeah, and that's something Brad Underwood and his coaching staff, I'm sure, will uh, will eat up along with all the, the good food uh, that they will get. I know when we had Underwood on at the Esquire uh, a couple months ago, he was looking forward to the just the experience of the whole trip, along with the basketball sense too, but just the the chance to go to a place like Italy and experience the culture, the food, and, and everything that comes with it. And uh, that, that should, you know, provide them with some good opportunities just to get out there in a competitive setting against another team. Uh, again, you don't know when you go on these international tours, just the, the quality of competition. Heck, even what the gyms are going to be like in the sense, you know, the, where the ball may bounce funny on some courts or just kind of the setup of these venues. But it's just a chance to, to get away and get acclimated with one another, um, going overseas, experiencing something new. Uh, I think that should bode well for them, uh, especially just because there's already probably a, a built-in sense of trust with a lot of the guys right. since, since they all are coming back. And uh, outside of Anthony Higgs, who didn't even play last year, no one, no one has transferred and I'd be shocked right now if, uh, at this point in the this, the calendar, if anyone does. No, end they're up good to go. And Georgia will have a chance to learn in the yeah. language. <laughs> so be back here speaking Italian. Those uh, six international guys. I, I do think there's just the idea of being together like that because not everything goes right. Well, when the key thing is key thing is the practices. Mm-hmm. Right, getting getting to see a whole the ones different. before they go, right. Yeah, getting to see a whole different uh, culture and and bond that way off the basketball court and then play whatever level competition it is. Remember when we had Trent Meacham on at the Esquire? This is a different level because mm-hmm. he was playing yeah. pro ball, but it's about some of the experiences that right. uh, that he came across of almost like caged matches. Yeah, when exactly. They didn't know if they were going to get out of there alive or not. Yeah, that's true. And and th- another thing, too, is just that they they ended their season so early in in March, uh, right. you know, a few days before selection Sunday, so they didn't have the whole NCAA tournament to go through or anything like that. So they've had some some time off. It's not like they went on a extended run, uh, you know, to the Final Four or anything, and then only had a few months to turn around and and get ready for the trip. So that that in a sense may be good, where they're they're kind of more well rested and and right. you know eager to actually go on this trip as compared to oh seeing it as kind of like a 
a chore or anything like that. When they win 21 or 22 games, which I think they will, we'll look back and say that w- that trip was a big part of it. I think we'll say that. So you're going to put a couple of grand on Illinois at 50-1 to one odds <laughs> well, to, I, to win it all? Now that I know it's 50-1, yeah, maybe <laughs> not a bad idea. I think the bigger thing would, for them, obviously, they're going to be challenged to try to win the tournament. But I think getting to the tournament, then you have a chance. And then you don't know what happens. It should be like – Case where in, in football, same thing with bowl games. Illinois should be able to go to the tournament every year, forever, and they aren't doing that. And obviously, that's a problem for people around here, but it's also a problem for recruiting. It's a problem for whoever happens to be a coach. Think about trying to raise funds when your two main sports are not very good right now. So I think that will get them back on track in a lot of ways. The basketball players are retur- the, the returning players are back on campus. Some of the new guys are here. Kofi Coburn is here. Mm-hmm. And uh, the other, uh, the Belgian lad will be coming <laughs> in at some point. And uh, Kuma will be coming Bernard in at Kuma, some, yeah. some point here in the next few weeks, you would think. Tim Sinclair and Brian Barnhart will have fun next year. Indeed. <laughs> pronouncing <laughs> all the, those the names. The Belgian guy can play out, hang out with the golfers. He'll be, he'll be yeah, at home. There you Perfect. go. Perfect. A lot of crossover there. It'll be cool. And Mike Small's number one player next year is from mm-hmm. the Netherlands, so close by anyway. Jerry G is his name. Nice. Not spelled not differently. <laughs> spelled not totally the, differently. Not the Jerry G we know. It's a G-I is his last, or okay. J-I is his last name. All right. And Mike he, still hasn't been over there. That's amazing. He's going thing. this summer, yeah. Yeah, he's going this summer. I, I was amazed by the fact that he's had all the success with these guys from other countries. Never went there. He's, well, dude, it, it, for it, you know, it, it's something that I know when you mentioned it, Bob, it kind of, you know, struck me as a little surprising too. Yeah. But then come to th- think of it is the fact that it's not like Illinois is going to be golfing over in Belgium. Correct. So as long no, as and once you've gotten one guy from mm-hmm. there that had a great experience, yeah. yeah, Tom Thomas Peters, right? he just passes the word down. Guys listen to guys that mm-hmm. they know and guys they looked up to, Thomas Dietrich the same way, right. and uh, that's going to continue. But Small is going there this summer for the first time. And now he's also, besides getting set to play in some events, he's also getting set to hire a new assistant coach. With Zach Barlow taking the head coaching job at Michigan. Yeah, that's a it's a great opportunity for Zach. Uh, you know, former Lino had a successful playing career under Mike Small, and then uh, you know translated that into a successful coaching career. Uh, it'll be interesting. I'm sure it'll be a little different for him to to put on some Michigan apparel now, being an he, Illinois guy. I told him, but we had him on the Saturday <laughs> uh-huh. sports talk show, and I told him, I said, it's it's strange <laughs> me looking at you with a Michigan hat on, but. We'll get they, used did to the it. golfers wear the uh, like the horn thing? No, but they wore <laughs> they the don't. they wore the M on their head. <laughs> the big M, okay. They finished fourth in the Big Ten uh, this year, and uh, they've got a pretty lengthy history of of golf, as most uh, a lot of teams in the Big Ten uh, do. But uh, their coach left to take a job with the uh, the Golf Association of Michigan, so it was open. And obviously, Mike Small had a big say right. in promoting. Uh, uh, Zach Barlow for that job. Well, and, and in a sense, too, yeah, it's probably difficult to, to see a quality assistant coach like Zach Barlow leave, maybe even for a, a Big Ten rival in Michigan. But I think that also, too, speaks to the volume of work that Mike Small has done with the Illinois men's golf program, that they are successful enough that right. you could take an assistant coach who has no previous head coaching experience and he can get a job as a head coach. At a fellow Big Ten school. In the Big Ten, yeah. You you might think of a guy like that going to mm-hmm. Bowling Green or exactly. right. Miami of Ohio or somewhere like That's that. That's a pretty good deal. That tells you a lot about what Mike Small is able to do. 
Mike's Wall should get a cut of his salary or something. <laughs> hey, send me a check or something, or at least buy him dinner or something. I think Mike's doing okay. Mike's, Mike's okay, yeah. Yeah, he's playing uh, coming up not this weekend but next in the American Family. It's mm-hmm. a it's a uh, Champions Tour, PGA right. Champions Tour event hosted by Steve Stricker up right. in Wisconsin. We'll probably Smaller. win it. Probably win it. Stricker will. Well, he might, but Mike Small finished tenth in it last year. Right. So. Uh, Ching. On the way to make it. <laughs> on the way to making a couple hundred grand. Yeah, it's part-time a deal. Summertime money. It is five thirty-nine. We'll take a time out to be back with more. We've got the phone line open three five six nine three nine seven. If you'd like to join us on Monday Night Sports Talk here on DWS. Welcome back, Monday Night Sports Talk, with you for another 10 or 12 minutes or so before Little League Baseball here on DWS with Matt Daniels, the sports editor of the News Gazette, and ace crack writer Bob Osmussen. I'm Thanks, Steve Kelly. Yes. Nice, nice work. Thank you. <laughs> Appreciate that. I like to take care of my guys when I can. Let's Bob, talk. I compliment you every day. I know. I don't, I don't really need that. I don't really care. <laughs> You've been here, what, 30 years? 30, almost. 30 almost. is August 1st. August, uh, first day that Illinois football players uh, I'll be report. There. I've been there. August 2nd's the first practice. Right. They See had who little, shows up. <laughs> <laughs> they had a little Friday night uh, lights, uh, kind of a one-day kind of camp the other night at Memorial Stadium. I had some prospects in to uh, go through some drills there and uh, made a couple of offers through that. My question to you right at the moment is, is there anything new on Brandon Peters, the quarterback from Michigan, who is said to be transferring from there right. to either Illinois, Bowling Green, or Miami? He's visited, visited here. We know that. We know he's under consideration. To, the question to him is, you want to go back to the Big Ten? You want to try the back? It's kind of an easy question. He might look at it and see, hey, they got a, a guy coming in that they have a lot of high feelings about, and Isaiah Williams. So they might, he might decide, I'm not going to have a fair shake there. I'll go try something else. But the coaches are probably telling them, you come here, you have a chance to play. You have a chance to earn the job, which sure. is what they need to tell him. He's got two years exactly. left, Exactly. Yeah. So that's kind of appealing from an Illinois standpoint, even though I don't think it quite fits what they want to do specifically, but – Again, with the Reggie Corbin back there, some unknowns at receiver, I think it might not hurt them to have somebody that has a little experience. But I go back to, if I as a coach, if Rod Smith asks, I'd say start Isaiah from the get-go. Let him play, let him learn the jo- on the job. You got three wins that start the season in knock conference and see what happens to the Big Ten because I think that guy over time is going to be a great player. Yeah, he's got the he's got the background and and the pedigree, and uh, he seems to fit the type of quarterback that uh, Rod Smith has successfully coached right. throughout his career. That's why the Brandon Peters uh, potential transfer is just it's a little puzzling to me, just because you kind of alluded to it, Bob, just the fact that he doesn't necessarily fit into what you see out of a Rod Smith quarterback, right. where he's a traditional drop back passer. Uh, he's not a runner at all, in the, in the very He's played 11 games in two seasons at Michigan, mainly just thrust in there after injuries right. to, uh, to starting quarterbacks for the Wolverines. Uh, he has negative 36 rushing yards, so he's a pocket passer in the truest sense of the, of the form. And really, under Lovey Smith, Illinois used a couple, you know, drop back quarterbacks in the sense like Westland and Jeff George Jr. Right. Um, it'll just be interesting, too, if he does come here, how much that just, uh, how much Rod Smith's going to have to change up his offensive approach right and, and what that does for 
the rest of the offense and, and how that will evolve, uh, you know, throughout training camp. The offensive line in Illinois should be really good. Should Even be. though they lost Nick Allegretti, that's, that hurts. But they got a guy plugged in from Alabama, Rich Pittobone. So they're fine there. That, that part really helps them in terms of getting out of their quarterback. So I think that if the guy has confidence in himself, like Steve said earlier, I'd want to come to the Big Ten. I'd want to play the highest yeah, level exactly. I thought possible. And if you think the guy is going to beat you out, well, that's the chance you take. you got two years. But, again, I, I'd like to see a competition. Uh, the other guy we should mention we keep forgetting is Matt Robinson. Mm-hmm. He's here. The he only the only quarterback, year. only scholarship quarterback Illinois has that has actually played Correct. in a college game. You know, Cam he, Miller saw some. And I was told plays. early that he's really a talented guy. I mean, I've seen some of it. I've seen flashes of that in practice. So the question is, is he going to be da- be an option? Maybe Isaiah Williams comes in and struggles with the game. Maybe it's a little too fast for him. I don't think that will be the case. But if he does, it's nice for Illinois to have a guy on, on the team right now, Matt Robinson, who has seen the game before, has an idea of what's going on. So we shouldn't completely discount him. Late Friday afternoon, we got the word. And I guess we were totally surprised by the fact that the NCAA – denied the appeal for Luke Ford to be eligible in the 2019 season. So he'll play three years at Illinois, we think, right. but not until 2020, starting out there. Your thoughts on that, uh, guys? Were you surprised by that? And you, Do you ever well, go on the limb of trying to predict what the NCAA <laughs> might no, do in a case like that? No, and Lauren would be adamant about that. I think once they said no the first time, I was surprised they said no the first time, given his circumstance. But when you look at it from a realistic standpoint, it's th- three hours from Carterville to here. It's eight hours from Carterville to Athens, mm-hmm. maybe seven. So really what was in the staggering about it, it's still different, obviously. But it didn't seem like quite as compelling as if it was an hour away. So that hurt him, obviously. But I I think to their, to their credit, they're still – they fought a good fight and tried to appeal to them from a logical standpoint and said, hey, I'd like, like to play. I think the NCAA has to change how they do things, frankly. I think they have to accept people are going to transfer regardless of what you try to put in rules-wise. So let's make it transparent. Why is he not eligible and why is the guy at Ohio State eligible? It makes no sense to me. So make it either everybody, everybody, nobody can transfer ever without sitting out here. You can do that. That's fine. Or everybody can transfer once in football or men's basketball and be immediately eligible and it's going to be crazy, but maybe that's better. Maybe that's more fair. Yeah, I mean, the optics uh, surrounding everything when it comes to offseason transfers and college football this, this offseason uh, aren't good and, and no. it don't play in the favor of the NCAA because what you've seen are the two high-profile cases in Justin Fields from Georgia right. transferring to Ohio State and Tate Martell transferring from Ohio State to Miami. Uh, both being granted immediate eligibility and their waiver uh, process uh, being approved and then you see have a case like Illinois with Luke Ford where it's maybe a little more I don't know sentimental closer to home and this fact that pretty much everyone can relate to having a family member who's not in great health right, and wanting course. to go back and play closer to home and have the family be able to see them so I think that's where it really riles up a lot of fans oh, yeah. in, in the sense that well why if if Luke Ford was a quarterback and he transferred to Illinois would he he been immediately right. eligible right away instead of a tight end yeah, it makes Who no knows? sense. You're right. It has to be transparent. It has to be 
easy to explain to everybody. I wouldn't need to explain to Matt's daughter. Here's how this works. This is why this happens. It should be simple, and it's not simple. It's very complicated. It's it's unnecessary, unnecessarily complicated. We've got about five minutes or so left. If you'd like to join us, three five six nine three nine seven. A couple other notes: NBA Finals Game Five tonight. Toronto leading three games to one, playing at home against Golden State. The Warriors say they'll have Kevin Durant back in the lineup. Yeah, they're going to win. They're going <laughs> to win that game no matter what. They're going to win tonight. They're going to win the next game. They may win the series. Though. Gee, I was just about to ask you, Bob. Who do you have tonight? And I got, you just I got, I right got into the Warriors that. because. Durant was if they play. He hadn't played in three, four weeks. Have you seen him play before? He's I have. pretty good. I have. So he's. I think he's. Re- he's good to go. I'm surprised he didn't play before. Actually, he must be hurt pretty badly. Saving uh, himself up for when he becomes a New York Nick. Maybe well, he's got Whatever. a ca- calf injury. And um, but I think he's. I don't think they're done yet. They they tried pretty hard the other night. Yeah, I don't know. There is a local connection that I think has kind of been overlooked yeah. in, in the sense. Uh, around this series is that Alan Griffin, uh, Illinois rising sophomore wing, his dad, Adrian Griffin, is the lead assistant coach with the Rapper- right. Raptors, and he's got a chance to, to win an NBA title tonight. Uh, just with the way Toronto's played this series and Kawhi Leonard being Kawhi Leonard-esque, it, it's really impressive what he's been able to do, and then Kyle Lowry's ability right. to help change the game for the Raptors. I mean, they've won uh, two games in Oakland on the Warriors' home court. It's going to be an incredible atmosphere tonight in Toronto. Oh yeah, I'm sure Drake's, Drake Drake's going to have to be restrained a couple times during the course of the game, and uh, I wouldn't be shocked at all if by the end of the night the confetti's falling uh, from the Scotia Bank Arena. I think is what it is now. Hey, stick with the name, by the way. It used what to be the what the Rogers Center. Forty names. No, Sky, they, name? the, the Raptors did initially play at the Sky Dome when they first they started. They do have. A, I remember that. They have an entire country behind them, so you'd think they would win. In Canada, probably kind of cool they have them win a title, but maybe wait until next year. City of St. Louis was set to erupt oh last my. night, and that got put on hold for a couple of more days. Uh, how you feeling about that now? I, I take the game. What, the Blues lost, Bob. I so don't want to spoil that to you. I, I, I take the game thinking I'll watch it if they win. They have to get killed, which they did. I I will watch. Yeah, so. it was bad. I, I turned it on about midway through the second period, and the Bruins are up one nothing, and then the Boston just totally outplayed St. Louis in the third period, and uh, you know, giant buzz kill for uh, a lot of folks in St. Louis who were ready to you know drink their Anheuser Busch way into the midnight hour last night, and. Uh, it's going to be tough for them now going back to Boston in Game Seven. Oh, they, won there. they have won there this won series, there. but uh, you know Boston showed why they're uh, why they took a two-one series lead early in right. the game, and uh, the Blues have to cut down on some of their reckless opportunities and chances if they want to, you know, come away uh, with the Stanley Cup on on Wednesday you know, night. You know nothing about hockey. I like playoff hockey. Okay, I know yeah, there's forecheck and neutral zone and the uh, power play. Not, and not it's it's entertaining. Fighting. You not can't much you can't you know take your eyes off of it because if you do, something's going to happen. We got 20 seconds left, and you call him out on hockey. Like you're a <laughs> like you you're a, like you're an NHL expert. <laughs> no, Bob. I know a little bit. Uh, Wayne Gretzky was really good. Wow, <laughs> thanks. That's. <laughs> all that needs to be said. Bob will not be here next week. <laughs> next two weeks. Yeah. Next two weeks. Matt and I will be. We think Scott will be back at some point, but uh, guys, appreciate it. Thanks, no Steve. problem. Thanks, Steve. We're going to step aside. Coming up in a couple of minutes, Little League Baseball on this Monday night. For Bob Osmussen and Matt Daniels, I'm Steve Kelly on WDWS Champaign-Urbana. We'll talk to you again next week. 
at ATM.